a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Our Middle East reporter is Ron Ross and he's joining me on the phone once again. Good morning. Good morning, Tracy. There's a lot going on this week and I see that a Jewish leader is now threatening to sue the European companies who support the Iranian terror uh, with trade. Yeah, this is headlined this morning by the Jerusalem Post. Ariel Musikant, uh, Vice President of Europe's Jewish Congress, warned that he will take legal action against countries for business deals with Iran that lead to terrorist attacks against Jews. I say this in the strongest terms, he's quoted as saying. It reminds me of the economy and the industry of the Third Reich. These countries should know what they're doing and we will be forced to fight back. If it really comes to attacks on Jews or Israel, funded by an Iran enabled by such transactions, we will consider class actions against individuals and companies. Uh, It it was interesting that he brought forth the uh, uh, issue of the crane uh, manufacturing company Palfinger, who sold a crane to Iran uh, some time ago, and it was used in hanging an Iranian man. Uh, and they've withdrawn their uh, uh, relationship with Iran and will have promised not to sell them anymore. Uh, they said they declared that they stopped their Iran business in 2013, and he said this is a decision we highly respect. Uh, they have in the past called Iran a promising market with a high demand for cranes, and this is a very cynical remark that deserves strong criticism. So it looks like he's uh, very carefully observing the situation of the companies in Europe who decide to dance with Iran. Seems like one step forward and one step back, really, in some senses, doesn't it? Because the Palestinian Authority and Iran are to work together to cause Israel's nuclear disarmament. Yes, Ahmed Majdalani, a member of the PLO Executive Committee, held talks in Tehran over the weekend with Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Zarof. Uh, He also delivered a letter from uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the Palestinian Authority president, to the Iranian leader Hassan Rouhani. Uh, They spent the time talking about uh, Iran's nuclear... I'm sorry, Israel's nuclear arsenal and what they called their weapons of mass destruction... Uh, and voicing support for the nuclear agreement between Iran and the world powers, Majdalani said that the accord would create a positive atmosphere for ensuring security and stability in the Middle East. They're now hoping that the Palestinian issue will return to the centre stage as the essence of the Middle East conflict, and they're planning to conduct uh, an international conference on the disarmament of Israel in the very near future. Mm. Here's a great story. I read this a little bit earlier today. The archaeologists have uh, done some excavation work and uncovered Goliath's hometown in the ancient biblical city of Gath. This is absolutely awesome, is it not? Uh, They've unearthed a very large gate and a fortified wall on the modern-day city of Tel Esapi. They believe the gate and the wall to be part of the lower city of Gath, Uh, a Philistine metropolis 
of the ancient world, and this is being reported now by Christian Today. The Philistine city is described in the Bible as being the home of Goliath, the giant who threatened the nation of Israel, and was felled by a stone from the future king of Israel, David Sling. Professor Aaron Mia is the archaeologist from Barilan University leading the excavation. He said we still had a, a lot of cleaning, defining, digging and measuring to do, but it appears that there are really good chances we have landed quite an astounding find. I would say yay, yay. Yeah, that's a great story. Before we go, Ron, let's look at uh, things that we need to be mindful of in prayer this week. There are numerous Christians who fled Iraq. They're in Jordan now, but they effectively are stateless, aren't they? Uh, It's a devastating story and one that really disturbed me when I came across it this week. It's a year after tens of thousands of Iraqi Christians fled communities overtaken by Islamic State militants and their lives are virtually in exile. They can't go back to Iraq saying it's not safe, but as refugees, they're banned from working in their asylum country, particularly in Jordan. Jordan's unemployment figures are very high, and there's absolutely no prospect of work for these exiles. About 7,000 Christians from northern Iraq have found refuge in Jordan, including about 2,000 living in church-sponsored shelters. Uh, Jordan struggles with high unemployment. Food and medical care are being provided at the moment by Caritas, uh, which is a Catholic charity, and more than 4 million Syrians have fled conflict in their country since 2011. Jordan hosts about 630,000 Syrian and 58,000 Iraqi refugees, uh, a report from the UN Refugee Agency says. Only a tiny minority have been able to resettle in the West, uh, and Caritas has spent $3 million so far to help Iraqi refugees in Jordan and are expected to run out of funds by the end of the year. It's very much a crisis. And much a similar situation for for more Christians who've been kidnapped again by ISIS. The situation just seems week by week to go from bad to worse, doesn't it? Yeah, I thought seriously about whether I wanted to discuss this. It's so horrific, Uh, but only the truth will set you free. And I think when we go to the Lord in prayer, we need to have specific facts. It absolutely repulsed me to find that the UN this week authenticated a, uh, a shopping list that was circulated by ISIS, where girls under nine are sold as sex slaves for $165. Women over 40 are sold for $40. And I can't think of anything more urgent to take into our prayer closet right now than the predicament of those dear people. They're our sisters in Christ, and I believe we should really make a passionate plea in prayer for the Lord to intervene. There's no international leader, no nation. There's no army that's going to set them free. It's only going to be the mercy and grace of God that can deliver them out of such a terrible uh, condition. Their persecution cannot be put into words, uh, and I just encourage everybody uh, to immediately begin to pray for these women uh, and for this situation of sex slavery that ISIS has undertaken. In fact, why don't we do that right now? Will you lead us in prayer? Yeah, Father, I just cry out to you. 
on behalf of these dear ladies and these children, Lord God, held in captivity by people who are motivated by hate and evil. And we pray, Lord God, that your word tells us that the truth will set us free. And we recognize the uh, terrible condition that these women are being facing at the moment and how they're being moved from one man to another, Lord God, to satisfy lust. And we pray, Lord God, that your wonderful love would just pour out upon them. You would comfort them, protect them, surround them, Lord, with the power of your presence. And, Lord God, your word promises us that the word of Jesus will set the captives free. And we cry out for their freedom now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That is Ron Ross. Ron is our Middle East correspondent, as always, keeping us informed of the things that are happening in the Middle East. Ron, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Tracy. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.